0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome once again to the Man City Show. John Stapleton standing in for Nigel Rothband who uh, can't make it uh, this week. So, how are your nerves standing up? What did you make of last Sunday? Was it one point gained or two points lost? And what about the prospects for the weekend? Are you confident? Really confident? about the prospect of Stevie Gerrard standing on the touchline. Does it spook you a little bit? as it spooks me? Let's uh, find out the views of three true blues. Spencer Debson's with us. So is Steve Cox. And so is Tony Negros. Let's start with you, Tony. Um, Your thoughts on Sunday's performance?
0: Proverbial game of two halves, wasn't it? Awful first half. Insipid. Looked like we'd thrown the whole season away in 45 minutes. Second half. Much more like ourselves. Much better. Still could have won it. Still could have lost it. Take a point, we move on. Thank God the nerves are still here in the fingernails, but uh, we did all right in the end. Your view, Tony? Just giving it to you.
1: I'm sorry, Spencer. So, my point. Spencer just left the room. I've got a Steve instead. Steve, your views.
2: Yeah, I think it, probably you could take it either way. You could take it as two points lost or one point gained. But the reality is, at the end of the first half, I was quite happy that we came away with a point disappointing not to have got the penalty right at the end. A little bit disappointing that we didn't get the penalty in the first half that really we probably should have had. So um, even we can probably get one out of two penalties, but West Ham actually did what West Ham are very good at doing. They soaked up an awful lot of pressure from us and they hit us on the break and we just really weren't prepared for it. And I don't think we had our first choice back four which didn't help either really to be perfectly honest with you so i think we all, all in all i think we still gave ourselves another point it's another point closer to a potential championship and and you know we just need to do the business against Aston Villa next weekend now
1: All right Spencer back with us your your, thought, your thoughts particularly at half time uh, spencer when we were 2-0 down
3: oh, well it wasn't good was it it was obviously shades of 10 years ago because of course uh, in the in the days coming been a great celebration of uh, of 2012 Uh, and to think that we were sort of 2-0 behind. uh, I always had a confidence and I think that is something that City have shown this season and certainly in recent years uh, under Guardiola is the ability to come back from being down. They've they've done it time and again Um, and of course uh, we had the Mares penalty miss at the end which left us feeling um, you know sort of tense and, uh, and aggrieved but I actually think this was uh, this was the game that I think we feared a little bit, uh, looking at the last four or five uh, fixtures, and we got a, we got away with it. We could have won it. Uh, it is in our hands. I mean, there is this great irony and, and, and sort of parallelism with, with 2012. It's in our hands, and I think uh, we should be strong enough to beat Villa. And I think with with the calmness and application that we're able to show in these uh, in these times, I think well, I, th- I think we'll, we'll we'll be okay. But of course, it goes to the last game, and we're all uh, we're
1: all tense as heck to uh, get past it. We'll pick up on those points as we we proceed. But first of all, Tony, do you think we went into it with a bit of fear? Maybe. I mean, it was on paper that the the most difficult of the the last three, four games, wasn't it?
0: Absolutely. It was, as we said, I think that was the potential banana skin that we all, all foresaw. We should have gone into it with fear. I mean, we've played Atletico Madrid. We've played Real Madrid of late. I don't think we lost either of those games through fear. And I don't think, as much as there was a good atmosphere yesterday, it's not the most intimidating stadium, is it, with a crowd like three kilometres back on each side. So I hope it wasn't fair. It's, it's it's hard to put your finger on it. I'm sure that there was a bit of fatigue. The fact we had our sort of sixth-choice centre-half pairing didn't help. And, you know, let's give West Ham some credit. They did did a good job against us, didn't they? They, they defended very, very well and hit us on the break when we've always looked slightly vulnerable at times. Steve, who was your man of the match?
2: <laughs> oh, um, that's I'm a really difficult one, about, one just, actually. Hey? That's a really difficult one, actually, John, because I, I don't think any of our team really performed that well yesterday. Um, I'd say potentially Greenish might have... Just pushed his way in by scoring in the second half, but I still couldn't see anybody that was clearly above anybody else. I think they all had a slight off game. No, the ball just wasn't moving properly in the first half, was it really? We just kind of seemed to be passing side to side and not really penetrating at all. It definitely
1: got better in the second half. Maybe Cancelo, actually, he had a decent game. I thought, Spender. I thought, I've criticised Grealish in the past, but I thought, I thought Grudish had, had one of his best ever games for us. What about you?
3: Um, I wouldn't say one of his best ever games, but I thought I thought he was he was decent. I mean, the whole team for me was sort of six uh, sixes and sevens. They weren't really uh, any better than that. But I must say, we, we are vulnerable to this ball over the top, aren't we? We've seen it, we saw it uh, with the Real games and and uh, sort of Zinchenko caught napping a bit at the back there. So we are vulnerable to this counter, but uh, we, we, we 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 regrouped, we came back, and we're in a solid position for for, for the weekend.
0: Do you share that view, Tony? Share the view. We weren't great. Um, I'm, I think Jesus is, is uh, looking at the Manchester Evening News. They gave him, I think, eight out of 10. So he was clearly the star man, as we said, won one penalty, should have had another. Um, I thought they showed a lot of character and let's, let's at least give them credit for that in the second half. I think we were all counting down the goal difference at half time and just thinking how much worse can this get? And, you know, to come back, and get a draw out of that game in that atmosphere against the West Ham team, who needed a result to get into Europe as well. Let's not forget they were playing for something. So I think we should look on the positives. Um, Dino did look all of his thirty-seven years, didn't he? Unfortunately, and I don't think to be fair, him all the port were fully fit, and clearly Ake isn't either. So we're really struggling back there. Zinchenko, I thought, had a tough day at the office at the back as well but as I say showed a bit of character bring back Kenny Clements on uh, Sunday and we'll be fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just talk about that penalty Steve because I, I was watching uh, on Sky I think um, one of the ex-referees Dermot whatever he's called uh, saying that wasn't a penalty uh, although although Zuma kicked uh, Jesus it wasn't a penalty I don't know how you justify that what, what about what's your what's your opinion I think in common parlance it would probably be like an assault really um, I'm
2: not debating the fact that Zuma in t- didn't intend to kick Jesus but in trying to stop him he did kick him and as a result Jesus went to the floor. To me that is a penalty. Anywhere else on the field that would be given as a foul and I, actually I, I find that really frustrating. We Quite often you're watching a game and a commentator will say well anywhere else on the pitch that's a foul. The reality of it is a foul in the area, it's a penalty. So why do you not give it? If you give it elsewhere, why
1: wouldn't you give it in the box? And, and just like me, uh, uh, Spence, on, on what VA, VAR's role in situations like that. Well,
3: uh, I thought VAR was there to um, intercept when there was a clear, uh, you know, clear and obvious uh, error. Um, and in this situation. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, everyone. The penalty was given, and then there was a VAR review where it was
1: confirmed. Do I miss? Do I misremember this? No, I'm talking, yeah. about, I'm talking about the ages one in the sixteenth minute. The first, the first. Oh, the the, the the earlier first. one. Well, there were no penalties um, given. Yeah.
3: Um, I, what can I say? I mean, uh, I, I don't have anything. Positive to contribute about it but it, it doesn't it doesn't speak well to the role of VAR and, and, and the decision making ultimately
1: One of the things that puzzled me about that game particularly in the first half uh, uh, Tony was in fact we had 78% possession I think we had 78% possession at the end of the game certainly in the first half we did mm. and yet again insufficient penetration how do you account for that?
0: I think, as we said, the ball was going side to side, not not anywhere else a lot of the time. It was just the passing just looked a little bit laboured. It looked like, you know, they hadn't cut the grass or something. I'm not suggesting West Ham would do anything untoward like that, of course. But it just wasn't the zip there or the penetration. And West Ham got 11 players behind the ball and hit us hard on the break. You know, they're allowed to play like that, to be fair. They did nothing wrong. They didn't try and kick us off the park. Um, they had, what, three shots on target in the whole game and scored two. Um yeah. But could have could have easily gone three-one up. Let's let's be clear here. So as much as we're ruining that miss at the end, we yeah, could easily have lost that game. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, great game of football for the neutral, but I certainly hope we'll we'll sharpen up our defending for Sunday.
1: One of the things that puzzled me about that first half, in particular, and to some extent in the second half as well, uh, Steve, was the fact you know. We do terribly well when we take the ball to the byline and cross it back. And I didn't see that happening too often. In fact, Mahrez had to come into the centre of the field to get the ball more often than not. And they were using the left, but not the right-hand side at all, or hardly at all. Do you, you share that view? Yeah, they were saying in the commentary that Maris
2: and Grealish weren't out wide enough um, and they kept coming in, which wasn't really giving us the width that we needed. In the second half, we showed a lot better use of the ball when we reached the area and a lot of that came from Marius and Grealish's positioning and it it clears up space in the middle of the defence because it pulls other players wider and it then means that the central defenders have got to make a decision about coming out to go towards De Bruyne or whoever else is playing in, in the central midfield at Silva um, actually he was the one player that st- sticks out for me that was probably above the others. I think he was the only one that really did play his normal self was Bernardo. He seemed to be everywhere on the pitch making tackles and um, playing the ball. Um, But in the second half the pace sped up a bit which obviously meant they got a rocket up their backsides at half-time from Pep. You did see Grealish and Mares playing out wider and we actually used them to make the space On the inside. And and we looked a lot more penetrative in in the second half. I mean, you know, I was surprised we didn't make more of an effort to score from uh, free play rather than the penalty, really.
1: Well, this tibby-tabby football, as I call it, disparagingly, I mean, it's extremely skillful and it gives us, as I say, 78% possession. But it doesn't get you very far when you you need to score a goal to win, does it? Uh, And, you know, we've seen it time and time again. And I, I was surprised that, particularly on this occasion, they weren't more direct...
3: Well, I suppose so. And this is the conversation that we've had all season, hasn't it? And why we're so thrilled that, that the Haaland's coming in. But I think it's it's, it's it's the beautiful game. It's possession-based football. It's, I, I would say we live in the era of statistics. And no doubt, all the backroom staff have poured over the uh, examples of uh, when a cross or a corner or a free kick results in a positive action. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's about the risk-taking and decision-making at the right times. Uh, and you get results in a sort of circularity back and forth, back and forth which can be, uh, you know, boring to watch at times. But I think it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard uh, claim to say that City are a boring team to watch because, oh. um, you know, most of the time they're, they're, they're not and they're creative. So I don't, I don't really, I'm not really against it, but clearly next season... Very excited to see what what change of direction and whether we'll be, you know, frankly much more direct and much more willing to cross the ball. Um, and obviously we've got a six, b- b- very tall lad in the middle, you know, ready to, to 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 make make actions there. So let's see. But I don't I don't I don't I don't object to it.
1: We've touched on this, but let's in a little more detail ex- talk about the defence. What did we learn about the defence on Sunday, Tony?
0: And we learned that we're struggling with a lot of injuries at the moment, and you can only make do so much with players. We had what fernandinho is 37 and midfielder at center half we had sinchenko who's a converted midfielder at left back we had Cancelo, who i think we'd all acknowledge is a fantastic player going forward but defending is not probably the stronger part of his game and laporte who i thought was an absolute hero for even walking on that pitch because it was an absolutely sickening challenge over the weekend wasn't it i did not expect him to get up from that let alone play a few days later so we were struggling we were absolutely struggling and antonio is a Big chap and players bounced off him and he did a good job. He throws himself to the floor half the time, which he shouldn't, but so be it. Um, as I say, with that said, they had three chances and scored two goals. So you could yeah. say they were clinical, but even, you know, the offside line wasn't right at times, was it? Sinchenko, I think, played them on for the second goal. So there's just a lack of communication, understanding there. And Matt Edison is having one of his days as well, it seemed, at times, charging <laughs> around. Um, but the body yeah. language wasn't good either, was it? People throwing their arms around. You could see they just weren't quite comfortable with each other. But um, as I say, let's let's give them and Pep credit for sorting it out and uh, hopefully ensuring that Sunday will be slightly less stressful than it would otherwise be.
1: Yeah, and as you know, Steve, I, I've been a big supporter of Zinchenko in the past cause I think he's had a, a, a pretty bad press from, ta- ta- from time to time. But even I have to admit, that wasn't his finest hour, was it? Going down the right gave him a torrid time, didn't he? He did,
2: um, and and a lot of that comes down to Zinchenko's pace and his natural positioning is not quite what you'd expect from a left back or an ortho, what you would call a more orthodox left back. I'm intensely surprised actually that Guardiola had. Mbete and uh, Egan Riley on the bench and actually we didn't really try to make use of them Um, Egan Riley looks very accomplished um, when when he came on the other week Um, and Mbete I've seen him a few times play for the the youngsters and, and he looks really assured and confident to me and I appreciate that there's probably a level of experience that's required. But under those circumstances, you could have perhaps used Egan Riley at right-back, which is probably more of his natural position, and and swapped um, Cancelo over to left-back. And I think you'd have probably had maybe a slightly better balance in in the back four there i'm not sure on fernandinho we had an experiment with him a couple of years ago where he was playing at center half and and even in his sort of bigger better heyday he wasn't really that confident there so i I was surprised actually that that he was used i know we don't want two left-footed center halves but you know we've got the young talent there perhaps it would have been time to use them
1: particularly with the pace of bowen and antonio Sure. I was equally surprised, Spence, that you know throughout the game we didn't bring on any subs. I mean, you know, we got Foden sitting on the bench there for, for starters. But yeah, the two I guys, know. Steve about the two defenders. One of those could play in defence. Arguably, Rodri could have gone into in, into central defence. It, it, it was it was an emergency situation. So, so why not? Oh, I,
3: I, I totally agree with you. And, and also, I suppose we're coming back into the game, I suppose, and I suppose there's a bit of momentum there. But um, Pep was very um, sort of um, dismissive at the end, wasn't he, about, um, you know, which forward he used. And it's, well, we use these ones this week and we use these ones this week. And they're sort of slightly interchangeable. And it was a very sort of slightly dismissive air that he had, really. But um, I absolutely agree with you, especially in the last you know 10 minutes or so when we were really sort of pushing and a, and a win obviously would have made a total difference um i i uh, i very much agree and
1: he did the same thing at crystal palace when we drew nil nil away from home you know we'd lost at the etihad to palace and we drew nil nil with them uh, at south us park and certainly all the people around me including myself were screaming get a suck, get a, uh, at least one sub On didn't do it again which is ironic is
0: it not only bearing in mind he's the man who wants five subs it is, isn't it? I mean, it's difficult to know if they're all fully fit. But, I, I mean, as frustrating as uh, Raheem Sterling can be at times, he's, he, he's very rarely out because he's injured. So, you know, Foden might have needed a break, but I'm sure he could have brought him on. And we talked about all this tippy-tappy football. I think, you know, there is method to the madness at times. Half of it, I think, is designed just to tire out the opposition. And I mm-hmm. think they do mm-hmm. tire. So, certainly towards the end of the game, when you're you know one goal to win the league, yeah, why not bring on Raheem? I mean, I know he frustrates the life out of all of us at times, but he does—he can just give that spark against a tiring defence. So, no, a little bit surprised. Let's just hope Pep was keeping his powder dry for next week.
1: Well, before we go to the break and discuss uh, next week again, let's uh, just a word or two about uh, about the game on Sunday, last Sunday, and the Mares miss. Uh, Steve, did you have that same gut feeling that I had? Over oh, here we go again, remembering what happened to Danfield. I struggled to watch it, to be fair,
2: although. Being fair to him, this season, he's actually been a lot better with penalties and he's scored more than he's missed. But, you know, it it does always worry me. I always thought De Bruyne was probably better on a penalty than him. Um, I understand that there's a general feeling that maybe Haaland will take over the penalty taking next year, which probably isn't a bad thing. Um, But even in the past, we've struggled with them. Aguero wasn't brilliant at penalties. He used to miss the odd one here and there just um, through trying something different. So, Mm. you know, I think we've missed something like 15 or 16 penalties in the last three years that we probably should have put that away. Staggering. That's staggering, isn't it? St- statistically, it hasn't made a difference to us, thankfully. But, you know, there could
1: be the time when you get tight games and it actually does make a difference. It was, it was in fairness, a good save, Spencer. But, you know, penalties are penalty It should be scoring, shouldn't it? It was a weak pen,
3: wasn't it? And I mean, the last—I think the, the the three pens that he t- took before that were were decisive. They were, were brilliant. Um, so but he, it, somehow his body language—he didn't look confident, did he? I don't know. We, we can say that in retrospect, maybe. But um, we're all on tensor hooks with that thing. It was not a brilliantly struck penalty, but it was a decent save. And uh, the rest is the rest. On we go.
1: Okay, we're going to take a little break there. Come back uh, with us in just a couple of ticks when we'll be talking about this all important game on Sunday against, uh, well, you know who Aston Villa with you know who on the line, on the touchline, Stevie Jarrett. Oh, spooky, spooky. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Man City show where we're discussing, well, what else but the game this coming Sunday against Aston Villa and our ability to clinch the premiership title. Can we do it? Or will nerves overcome us? Mine are afraid. I don't know about yours. Uh, Prospects for Sunday. Steve, your your prospects for Sunday. Going to do it?
0: Yeah,
2: I think we're at home. Um, You know, I I reckon the ground will be rocking. Um, Need to really create an atmosphere this weekend, really some kind of atmosphere for the players to, to hang on to. Um, But I think we can do it. I think um, Gerard hasn't quite yet settled into Premier League life. Um, Aston Villa, I think, in a bit of a transitional stage this season. I certainly think they'll be sorted next year. They've got some decent players, but we should be able to overcome them. Um, I guess my main worry would be getting four fit defenders onto the pitch that actually know each other well enough to defend as a unit rather than... um, four different individuals, as we saw this weekend, and really missing Diaz, which is a shame because he's the, the big leader at the back there. Um, but, yeah, I think we stand a really good chance of coming away with a good
1: result there. Tony, your fears for Sunday?
0: Fears? Well, hopefully we won't be 2-1 down with a minute to go against 10 men is all I can hope, and that we get an early goal to settle the nerves But no, look, I think at the end of the day, it's been said before, if you'd said to me at the beginning of the season, beat Villa at home and the title is yours, I think we'd have taken that. So we've got a whole week off. That is a bit of a luxury for us. So we can work on those defensive frailties. I very much hope we'll have at least one defender back. I wouldn't be surprised to see one miraculous return if we need it. Um, I don't really care about Steve Gerrard. I mean, he's not lacing his boots up um, they've not got a lot to play for villa they're a reasonable team but we are more than capable of beating them so let's be positive let's go and win if indeed we have to win because you never know southampton might do us a little favor in the meantime but if we need three points we'll get three points let's be positive
1: i know i'm hypersensitive but uh, but spencer it's a sports writer's dream isn't it you know a, a victory a victory handed to liverpool uh by by Stephen Jones on the touchline, you know, it, it's just of course, I mean, of they're, course. Not, they're thinking about it, don't they? but has this got
3: these horrible echoes? You know, you couldn't script it because it wouldn't be believable, and look what happens sort of thing. I uh, don't want to say this, but I feel we're going to be in for a very stressful ninety minutes uh you know um villa have got players you know the watkins is fast the these things tend to happen in football when you least expect them and i i i pray that we're three nil up at half time etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but i fear it's going to be a long 95 minutes uh, and I think uh, I want to believe we'll get there. I do believe we'll get there, but I don't. I, I don't think it'll be uh, a walk in the park. I, I
0: just think all it'll all be.
1: All right, I want you all to sort of name your your, your defence for me. So let's kick off with you, Steve. Who do you like to see back there de- defending for City? Cancelo on the left, Laporte next to him,
2: Embete next to him, and then possibly Egan Riley on. This side, and I realise it's going into a really tough game, and you're bedding youngsters into it. But I think we need a fully fit, fully functioning defence. Pep will never
1: go for it; it'll never happen. What I've just said will never happen. But you know, yeah, that's my thought. What do you think? What do you think will happen? To it? And what would you, what would you like to, you personally like to see happen, defence wise?
0: Right, so Steve, you win nothing with kids, all right? So no, I think it's a day for a for a bit of experience. Well, I'm I'm still going for Kenny Clements at the back. I think he's our man, but if he's not available. Andy um, Morrison, <laughs> yeah, perhaps, um, yeah. Just get him to lie down in front of the goal that should work. Um, Laporte, I think Ake's got to come in. Really, he he should be, be fit by then. I, well, yeah. I hope in the next week he'll. Be, I mean, he's been another week he's been on the bench, down. hasn't he? The past couple of games. Yeah. So, and he's done. He's done very very well for us. I think when he's when he's played, whether that's at left back or centre half, I don't know. But I just think he he can add a bit of stability there. I mean, look, we saw how. Uh, West Ham ganged up on Zinchenko, and I think, I think, I think it might be an idea to take him out of the firing line. So I would bring Zinchenko in. I'm still a bit nervous about playing Dino at, at centre half. I don't really want to lose Rodri from the centre of midfield. What well, well, that exposed was
1: lack of pace, wasn't it? I mean, mm. apart from anything else, that terrible back pass, which I mean, it was unusual for him. He did fantastic play, been a great servant to Hundred mm. percent. The lack of pace really showed, didn't it?
0: Yeah, and they've got Watkins who, who will exploit that. So we need to solve that problem somehow. But, you know, we'll have, you know, we had 78% of the ball against West Ham. I suspect we'll have even more and the crowd behind us. Um, and we won't let them attack like they did. So well, let's be positive. We'll, I don't care who we play. We're going to win. We're going to win. All right, Spencer, your turn for your defence.
3: Yeah, I think it's a time for experience. I'm sure Tech will go that way. Uh, clearly, Laporte. I mean, I know they say Laporte and Ake cannot play in the centre of defence, but um, I, I think I, I I think they can, and I think it's a time for experience. Um, Cancelo, uh, and then it's, well, you know, this point about experience versus youth. Uh, I think Zinchenko is made of hard, tough stuff. He knows he's had a, not a great game. He is a good player, and I don't think he'll let us down, so I'd have him in as well.
1: All right, the rest of the team now, you'd you'd line up uh, on on Sunday. Um, I'm saying we have to play Foden, Steve. Agreed? Agreed. Absolutely, 100%. Where do you
2: play him? Alongside Foden and De Bruyne, um, I think will give you that bit of um, zip. And I think De Bruyne looked a bit off the pace on Sunday, but I think this weekend he's going to know exactly what he needs to do and what what needs to come of it. Um, And I suspect Rodri just slightly behind them. So, who do you play up front?
1: Mm. Grealish keep his place? Grealish,
2: yes. I think possibly Sterling on the right. And then. mm. Is (laughs) it? I'm debating whether it's Jesus or perhaps moving Foden forward from midfield. Um, And and actually, actually, do you know what? I think Jesus, to take a bit of a break, perhaps common if we need him, Foden further forward, Silva and uh, De Bruyne in midfield. I think they're the two harder working of those. And it gives De Bruyne that space to go into. No place for
1: Gundan, who's been rested.
2: No, but Gundawan might... um, might win over. I just think you, you need that energy that Bernardo gives. Gundawan is not quite as quick across the pitch as uh, Silva, and I think I would certainly play Silva to start with, but perhaps Gundawan coming on after half time. All right, Spencer.
3: I had pretty much that as well, with, with Gundo coming on at the end, if, if necessary. Um, yeah, I had Rodri, KDB and Bernardo in the, in the middle. And then Grealish, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Villa, Villa Hero, is it a good idea? That, you know, Sterling never played very well against Liverpool for a while. But I, I suspect Grealish is that sort of character that can um, respond to that sort of occasion. So I would have Grealish in there. I would have Sterling on the other, on the other flank. And I'd have Foden as the false nine in the middle for this
0: last game. Tony? Well, take your pick. I mean, look, we've got an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, I would play Grealish. I thought he did very well. I think Sterling's had a break. I would bring him in. And I'm confident we can get the job done. But listen, in answer to your original question, of course, Phil Foden has to start. He's just the most fantastic player. So let's get the job done. And I think we've talked about comparisons with QPR. This is actually very similar to 14, isn't it? When we played West Ham last game of the season. Uh, And likewise, needed a win. Came through 2-0 in the end. I think it might be quite similar to that, to be honest. Let's hope so.
1: Claret and blue. Um, And before, a couple of points before we wind up, what about Mark Noble? I mean, you know, uh, not many around like him anymore, are there? You know, born in Canningtown, stones from the ground almost, you know, with the same club, nearly 500 appearances with the same club. A great record, Steve.
2: I think Mark Noble (laughs) is a marvellous player. And not only that, I had the pleasure of being invited to West Ham's players area after a game with City and met Mark Noble with my son. And he spent 10, 15 minutes just chatting to my son about football, life, the universe and everything. He's a genuinely nice bloke as well. Um, So I think, you know, he's served West Ham brilliantly and deserves all the respect that he gets as a result of that. And I think the City fans were great. They respected him at the end of the game. And, and, and I think that's no less than he deserved. And, you know,
1: I wish him all the best for what he decides to do in the future. I was going to raise that point because the behaviour of football fans of several clubs, including ours, it has to be said, have been called into question quite rightly so in the past uh, few weeks. So that, that was good to see, wasn't it, Spencer? Even before the, before the game started, when, when Noble came on, the City fans, to a man and a woman, Gave him a huge round of applause, and, and I thought the tribute at the end was fitting and, and appropriate. You agree?
3: Absolutely. Really nice, well deserved, and a, and a breath of fresh air, really. Um, I mean, and he, look, he, looks, he looks so youthful, doesn't he? I don't know how old he is. He must be 30. Is he 38, 37, 38? Um, I don't know if he's had a sort of good Botox or a you know, nice holiday in Barbados, but he looks very youthful. Um, he speaks well, great ambassador for the game. And yeah, it will be interesting to see what he does going forward because he's definitely got a role to play uh, you know, in, the, in, in, in the future.
1: And before we go, just a word about our not-so-noisy neighbours in the past, Stockport County. Uh, Tony, who have done so ever so well, haven't
0: they? a fantastic season and back into League Two. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, John. Yeah, I'm delighted for them, actually. They've, they've always been my second team. I remember them going to watch them in the League Cup against Liverpool once, and they drew nil-nil. Osher Williams hit the bar, I seem to remember. So, you know, Stocky can almost be Liverpool, so can anyone. Um yeah, really pleased. They've, they had, I think, 8,000 there at the weekend as well. They've been getting good gates and they've turned it round. From I mean, they'd dropped even division below the National League at one point, hadn't they? So, no, it's a fantastic little story. So they're, they're back in the league, Altrincham are doing well. So all my all my little clubs really pleased them and look forward to uh, maybe welcoming them to uh, the Etihad at some point in the Cup game. That'll be good.
1: That'd be fantastic. you ever venture to stop on a Friday night, Steve, in your
2: days in Manchester? No, been to Bury, but not to not to Stockport. Um, Stockport, great, brilliant news story. Um, it's funny when you actually look at that national league and you see the number of familiar teams that are actually in there that yeah, you know, you can remember from the old league ladders that we used to get in the shoot days. We used to sit there and do those on a Sunday morning. And I'll tell you what, the younger People that listen to us now have got absolutely no idea what we're talking about. But before the days of the internet, when you used to move them up, you know, all those names that are kind of languishing down there, it's fantastic for Stockport to be back in the league again. I'm so pleased for them.
1: Thanks for shaking his head. you agree?
3: No, I'm just remembering Shoot Magazine. And when it used to come through on (laughs) a weekly and used to change the cards around. The, you know, the results, and sorry to all the young viewers, but it's um, that was the way we used to do it. Um, as I'm a sale boy, you know, I used to go and see Stockport and all of these clubs, you know, real football as we call it, isn't it? You know, Stockport, Macclesfield, Salford, obviously on the way up, Barnet, uh, now in London. Um, these are these are great teams to watch and support, and 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 uh, continued success for Stockport,
1: gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed. Fingers crossed, uh, for all of us uh, for uh, next uh, Sunday afternoon. Good to have you with me. Thank you very much indeed for your contributions, and uh, Thank you to you at home for watching. Bye bye.
3: If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.